Hey, fifth graders. Happy Friday. I have chapters 30 and 31 of Fish in a Tree for you, but there's a guest reader today. It's Mr. Moore. Don't be too hard on him. It's his first time. Chapter 30, Miserable King. Two days later, a lady named Miss Kessler pulls me out of class early in the day to give me some tests. Mr. Daniels is right. They were more like puzzles and games than they are those awful bubble tests we do, where I just fill in circles without even reading the questions. She's really nice, like Mr. Daniels. After school, Mr. Daniels is setting up a chessboard and pieces at the reading table. I walk over and he looks up. So did your mom tell you I called? Yeah, she didn't say much, though. She usually has a lot to say about everything. He laughs. Moms usually do. He motions towards the chair. Have a seat. I pull out the chair, wondering what this is all about. Okay, he says, loosening his tie like we are going to do some serious work. Chess is a game about planning. It isn't like other games where you just capture the powerful piece. He points to a piece with a cross on top. This is the king. The object of the game is to trap the opponent's king, but not actually capture it. When you put your piece in a place where it could take the other king, it's called check. When you give the other king absolutely nowhere to go, it's called checkmate, and that's how you win. Normally, I would be nervous and my mind would go blank, but he just has a relaxing way. His voice makes me calm. Maybe because he knows he will never say anything mean. Call me lazy or dumb, and I know he wouldn't think it either. Got that so far? I nod. So then, are you going to capture my king? I hesitate. Did I mess up already? Didn't you say that you don't capture it? That you just make it miserable? He laughs. Yes, I did say that. Good, ally. Good listening. He goes through the rest of the pieces. The queen is the most powerful and can travel in a straight line in any direction. There are eight pawns that, when you band them together, can be strong. Most players take them for granted, though. He tells me that's a mistake. The rooks look like castles and travel in forward, backwards, and side-to-side -side lines across the whole board. The bishops travel diagonally in straight lines, and the knights can jump in an L shape. The king can only move one spot in any direction. It stinks to be the one with the target on your back and be the one who can't go anywhere. He has made up a sheet with pictures of the pieces and arrows to show how they move. He says it is in case I need a reminder. I turn it over, looking him square in the eye and say, I don't need that. He moves a little, but never takes his eyes off me as he reaches down and moves one of his pawns. Good, then. When I start to make some dumb moves, he asks, are you sure you want to do that? The first game ends fast, but on the second game, I capture his queen. The most powerful piece on the board. I stand up so fast, my knees push my chair back, and it falls over. I want to ask if he let me do that, but I'm afraid of his answer. He holds up his hand to high-five me. Well done. And it is so weird. I don't have trouble with this game. I like it. I like planning what I will do to trap his pieces. He shows me how I can work it so you can put your pieces in a place where it can choose between taking two different pieces. Then your opponent has a, to choose which one to let go. That's called a fork. 
I love the look on his face when I manage one of those and take his bishop. Like it hurts a little, but he likes it too. The longer we play, the better I can see it in my head. I can see what the board will look like a couple moves from now. I learn to predict what he might do. I see a mind movie where chess pieces come to life. They can travel around the board all day by themselves, and they are happy, and they don't have to just stand there and wait for somebody to pick them up and move them. I know how relieved they are, being able to do something for themselves. Chapter 31, Lots of Ways Home. So did your mom tell you that we talked, Mr. Daniels asked? Yeah, I take a long breath, noticing that I can feel my own heart beating. I have to talk to you about something. This doesn't sound good. I need your help. You need my help? Yes, I do. You know how Miss Kessler gave you those tests? Yeah. Well, it appears you do have dyslexia, which, like I said, makes learning to read difficult, but doesn't mean you're not bright. In fact, he says, half smiling like Travis, you're very bright, Allie. The tests show that too. I shift in my seat. But you need some help with learning to read better, and we're going to get it done for you. The thing is, it might take a little time. Sometimes the paperwork and meetings around that take a while. Okay, you know how I said we can't play chess on Tuesday or Thursday? Well, that's because I'm taking classes to get a degree in special education. Basically, it's a degree to help me with kids like you. Kids who are smart but have learning differences. Smart? Learning differences? So I spoke with Miss Silver and Miss Kessler. He leans forward. And your mom, of course. And we were thinking that I could help you after school a couple times a week until we can get you into formal services here at school. I open my mouth, but he holds up his hand. I know. Staying after school with me will be torture. But it would really help me out with projects I have going on for my degree. You'd be doing me a huge favor, and I'd be so grateful, Allie. He leans forward. So? I swallow hard. I'm not dumb. I know I'm not doing him a favor as much as he's doing me one. I can't believe or imagine what I've done to deserve help like this. Stay after school? I'd sleep at school if it would help. I nod, and we shake on it. And he looks kind of dopey and happy. I shifted my seat again, but can I ask you a question? Sure. What are learning differences? Oh. Okay, he thinks. When you ride your bike home, is there more than one way to go? Yeah. I thought so, he says. Well, just like there are different ways for you to get home, Ellie, there are different ways for information to reach your brain. You have five senses, right? Taste, smell, sight, hearing, and touch. I nod. So what if an alien landed in a spaceship and you had to explain what the word frozen means without using your sense of touch if it what if you had to use just words i think you would it would be hard do you yeah it would i think you've had some trouble learning words with just your eyes we're going to incorporate more of your senses to practice letters and sounds and i want you to relax about it we'll have fun I won't give homework on this. No test to study for or anything like that. Okay? I nod. Have you liked playing chess? I nod, hoping we can play today. You know, I had a feeling that you would be good at it. I think your mind learns in pictures, and it helps you to be a really good chess player. 
We've played several times now, and you've learned it fast and improved a lot without much time. Also, thinking in pictures, he leans forward. It's one of the reasons you are such a great artist. Okay. I say, thinking this all sounds good so far. The only thing that worries me is that it won't work. I still won't be able to read. Good, then, he says. We're going to practice writing letters, but we won't use paper or pencil. Then he pulls out a huge metal sheet and hands me a bottle of shaving cream. We're going to use this, and by writing in shaving cream, you'll use sight and touch and write large enough to use your whole arm. Just more ways for the signals to get delivered to your amazing brain. I smile. Now, fill that giant sheet with foam and let's get started. As I draw my finger through the gooey cream, I think about words, learning differences, and I'm filled with fear and happiness and questions, but I'm mostly filled with hope. See you next week.